This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Facebook Live for, well, it's not Facebook Live, it's Drinks with Rachel. Um, but, uh, tell us why I didn't get my drink. Uh, it is, I feel like we could probably, like, do a sweepstakes for a time I actually remember to bring drinks to Drinks with Rachel because, <laughs> like, I always forget. I'm just so excited to get to be with you guys. Uh, so, yes, my name is Rachel Turner. This is Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. I am in Newport. Uh, in Wales, just in Wales, and uh, I was recording at the Care for the Family headquarters right out there uh, for the Playtime Conference, and I couldn't make it home in time to do you guys lovely, so I'm having a night at a hotel, which is quite fun for the first time in six months. So, uh, yeah, that's me. I am try- I just am doing it with side lights, <laughs> so you can see if I get lower, I get darker, then I pop up into the light. Uh, so we are talking about going back to well, going back to the routine, going back to school, emerging out of it, and how's it going for you? First of all, I just want to applaud all of you um, year seven parents who have had to coach your kids through, I mean, I feel like this whole age range, this teenage age range, you parents have been absolute heroes to talk your kids through transition into secondary school and not being able to finish year six. Those of you who have had to help your kids do A-levels or to do uh, GCSEs uh, in this season with results and everything. I just feel like um, the teenage parents, uh, you parents of teenagers have been absolutely amazing in how you have walked your young people through this. And uh, and it can be so uh, hard to muster emotion to get our kids back into uh, school. And uh, I just today wanted to, I guess, one, hear from you. How have you been doing it? What have you found helpful for your children as you have walked them into this next season? Cause, because we're a community of parents. And so please do um, share um, what things you have found helpful, uh, what um, things you have found difficult, because we'd love to hear from each other as we do that. I'm just going to plug in power so that it won't die me. And... Uh, and so what I'll do is I'll share a little bit of my thoughts and then I'll pray for you like normal and then we will answer any questions, any comments, any scenarios you're in uh, and read any of the comments uh, that would be great to share uh, because I think it's really important that we do this together. So uh, yeah, let's get started. Um, as I was praying about this, I know, I know it's really... I think there's something in this that wants consistency for our children and particularly our young people. We want to get their feet back on the path and get them on us because it, it matters. You know, our kids are in secondary school and we feel like this is this is the, the ride um, and we and we want to to get their feet solid and to get them back fast. And I think I just wanted to remind you that even though it feels like just getting back into the groove, they have changed. Our young people have changed. It's been six months. Six months is a long time in kid world. Even though they're teenage, you know, they have changed. They have matured. They have grown. They have connected with you. They've had a, a season of something 
that has been unique and they have transformed in that. And so uh, they are trying to go back to something, but they're different than they were. And that can be hard because not only were, are they going back into something that will be familiar, but not quite the same, but they're not quite the same. And that can be a hard thing. And they're going to need a lot of grace. I mean, parenting teenagers requires a lot of grace anyways, but they're going to need a lot of grace from us with their emotions and their uh, their understanding of what's happening. And I think this, as parents, as spiritual parents, there are a lot of things that we do to create windows into frame. But this is something that I think can be really, really powerful for them in this season, is to strategically create windows into your life. Because um, whether you have a kid who's really verbal and can be like, oh, I'm feeling conflicting emotions of feeling misunderstood and apprehensive, or you have a kid who's just like, I don't know how I feel. Um, it can be hard to have conversations to help them define that. And so you can be the listener that says, just, you know, process at me. But what's really useful for teenagers, uh, and you know, youth workers use this a lot, is this kind of strategic windows thing. Your kids are going to school and you think, I think my kid might be feeling nervous about reestablishing friendships. That's my guess, based on what I know of my child. Uh, so therefore I am going to strategically create a window about how I feel about going back to work. And you can then create a window rather than being like, are you nervous about your friends that your friends might not like you anymore because they've changed, uh, rather than putting that on them, you might want to be like, how are you feeling about going back? Because I don't know, I've been on these zoom meetings and I, I have, you know, a live meeting coming up and, uh, I'm actually kind of nervous about it because I haven't been in the room with these people in a really long time and it makes me think have we lost our groove and stuff and uh, I don't know I spent ages in the shower talking to God about it because then you've just laid down this is what you might be feeling and if you are feeling this you might want to talk to God about it I don't know in the shower someplace personal uh, and you've just sort of given them a window strategically into what you think they might be experiencing to give them a next step for that. And so if you have a kid who can talk about it, great, have those conversations about what they might be feeling and help them find their path with how to cope with that. But you may want to add into it those strategic windows of what you may be feeling, what your friend your friend is feeling is also really helpful. I was talking to my friend from church and she was feeling this. Uh, and it just sort of helps them not only understand where God can be in all of these feelings, but in who he is and all of these feelings. And you can also frame for them. If you have a kid who's good at, at needing a framework to say, you know, when you go back, it's okay. It's like grief in some ways. Change is, is, is you may experience a whole bunch of different emotions in one day. And I just want to say that's normal. And uh, you might want to come up with a way of like debriefing with God at the end of every session or something to like get through it. But it's going to be, it's going to be like that for a little bit. And that's all right. And I'm here to talk about it if you want to talk about it and to just sort of be with them and, and frame for them. This is who God is in it. And what I love about God is he's the only thing that doesn't change. Uh, and to sort of facilitate them knowing that can be quite significant for them. The second thing I wanted to share with you, and uh, it's it's the hearts and minds tool, uh, which we have put into the, oh, I think it's the third book, Parenting for 
confidence, which is in the omnibus. And there are extra tools that we can help our children with because particularly with teenagers, it is so important for us to go on a journey of understanding them. Because when we're walking alongside of them in their spiritual journey, um, our job is to ask ourselves constantly, what's the next step for my kids spiritually and how can I help them take it? And we can't help them take it unless we understand where they are spiritually right now. And so there are ways of doing that without being like, right, a spiritual audit, let's sit down and have a conversation. Uh, but to actually, to actually think, how am I shaping my kid's mind about this issue? And how am I sh shaping my kid's heart about this issue um, can be really helpful. And so shaping their mind about facing going back and what their fears are and their excitements are and this transitional change and all of the emotions and the pressures that they're fishing is one, uh, what are we drawing their attention to within their minds? Uh, if they come home and we're asking nonstop about their work, about the stresses they may be feeling, about you know what's what's going on and and their teachers and stuff, what what we may be doing is drawing attention to the stressful bits so that it compounds when they talk to us. Uh, so what we can do is is figure out what we want to draw their attention to about the day, so that we can help them look back and think, oh, that was what my day was about. So, you know, think about character things you want. What what did you have to persevere with the most today? What surprised you today? What was one kid that you saw who was really struggling to help them get their brains off of themselves? Uh, what was one thing you did to rescue someone today? Um, what is one thing that, one place you found peaceful? Uh, and to just ask questions that draw attention to the things that matter to you. Uh, what was one time you felt totally lost, but then rescued yourself from drowning in it? Uh, what are those things that you want to draw their attention to? The, the positive, the overcoming, the character traits that you admire in them. Uh, and to also, you know, spot those things. When they tell you about their day and they say, you know, it was really hard and I don't know, I just felt lost. And then say, you know what, listening to you talk about it doesn't feel like you gave up. And I so admire that because sometimes... When I reach the end of understanding, I lose it. And I like how you just sort of shook it off. I really admire that. And to so just praise them for, for their character within it helps them see themselves and see who God is in it. You know, to ask, where did you, did you notice God today? Um, where is a place that you can actually, you know, connect with him? Um, is so helpful to sort of think through those things. Uh, and the heart's tools are about really digging down into helping them be able to talk and process about their life, I guess. And uh, for me, we talk about curious questions. Uh, teenagers are really um, teenagers are really sensitive to agendas, as you know. And one of the things that we can build trust with them as parents of teenagers is to help them understand that some of the questions we ask don't have a judgment attached, but we genuinely just want to understand because we love them. And building a reputation with your teenager that you are going to ask questions because you genuinely just want to understand. That doesn't mean you're going to correct them. doesn't mean you're going to give them your advice. It doesn't mean that you're going to tell them they're wrong, but you just really want to understand what's going on with them and in their heart can be really helpful. And so to get into the pattern of asking curious questions you know, when, when you, when you experienced that, you know, when you went into that math thing, uh, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? What worried you? 
what made you feel like this is possible. Um, if your kid is beginning to spiral, and often that's what they do, you, you catch them in a, in a season. If I don't do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to fail. And to ask the question that follows up, you know, which is, and if you failed, what is the biggest thing you're afraid of? And to to let them talk about it so that you can understand what's happening with it. Because sometimes... <laughs> they'll be freaking out about the weirdest stuff like my tie my tie is not the tie my tie you're like what will happen if your tie isn't right and they'll say well I'll you know get yelled at or in trouble and oh how would you feel about that and what are you worried would happen about that and so you may end up getting to the point where you understand actually they're really afraid of being exposed and getting a reputation and you're like well I can I can understand that feeling I can completely understand that feeling that doesn't mean you're validating that their craziness is true but it does mean that you're saying, I can understand how you feel that. And with teenage life, sometimes we are so quick to laugh at it or to be like, okay, your emotions are weird about this. I don't know why this is making you upset. And to just enter into the, it's important to you. So I get it. I understand that's a horrible feeling to feel. And uh, how do you cope with that? And to help them meet with God about it and be like, oh, I understand that people in scripture felt that I felt that exposed in my life. And I'm, Jesus felt that too. I get it. I get it. It's hard. Uh, And to to ask them, you know, what are you going to do about it and how can I help to put yourself on their team that you understand that you want to help them meet with God about it, that you want to pray for them about it, you know, to say, okay, well, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that over you, pray that no one notices your tie uh, because you're on board with it and you want to help their hearts can help take away them needing to justify why they're feeling what they're feeling and actually just says, I want to walk with your heart, whatever your heart is experiencing and help you find the next with God can be a really helpful positioning tool uh, that you have. And the third thing I would suggest, one, be grace with their shift and help them recognize strategically that they are different. Create those windows for them so that they can see it. Two, hearts and minds, you know, draw their attention to what you want them to draw their attention to and understand what their experience is and get with them on it so that you can help them meet with God about it and pray for them about it and facilitate encounter on the back of that. But the third thing I think is to help them find themselves in scripture. It, particularly with uh, teenagers, I have found that we can match Sometimes when I was a youth pastor, what I learned was that sometimes I would only give them the positive scripture. So like when you're feeling sad, this is a nice thing that the Bible says. When you're feeling happy, this is a nice thing the Bible says. And I only gave them the sort of like the scripture answer for it. And what I found in in, in working with teenagers is that finding themselves in the experience helps them walk the journey to finding the encouragement in scripture. And so if they if they only ever get the, this is the scripture response to it, then it can feel shallow. Where if you say, you know, you are not alone in this experience and it's awful experiencing this. And people in the Bible experience this and I've experienced this. And so you can use scripture to say, yeah, you you remind me of the time where you know everyone was lying about David and it made him feel awe, made him feel misunderstood and people were lying about him. And it was 
awful. Uh, and I love the Psalms. I love the Psalms for teenagers because they're so full. The Psalms are just so full of like angst and like real emotion and um, agony. And to, you know, remind them of Psalms and to, you know, leave a note that out says, you know, this reminds me of, of your experience. And to just to let them know that the Bible and God understands them and grieves with them and walks with them and is cheering them on so that the positive scripture is as important as helping them find a story that's similar to them or someone expressing themselves so that those positive scriptures are the truth that also stands um, the test of time that makes sense. So there's loads of stories um, in the Bible that reflect change and agony, but it's, it's find the emotion your kid's experiencing and, um, and tell your stories about that and help them see themselves in scripture. And then you can say, and this verse really encouraged that person and this verse encouraged me. Um, and let's pray about it. And you can chat to God about it and you can ask him questions and he'll meet with you. And I can pray with you if you want, or you can pray by yourself. I'm praying behind your back anyways. Uh, and you can just be that companion. That's what they need. A, a companion who is for them on their journey, um, not someone who's solving them. So um, those are my suggestions for next steps. I'm sure there are loads more. I'd love to, to you know, share your comments, share your questions. I want to pray for us now, and then I'll answer a question uh, or two or as many as we have for the time. But uh, let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for our teens, for those that you have given us. They are growing up and it's just awesome to see them turning into the people um, and to the young adults you're making them to be. I thank you that every day you are transforming them. And I, got, I pray, God, that you would draw very close to them, that you would be a part of their thinking process, their maturing process, their hearts when they are alone, uh, the thoughts in their head as they wrestle. I pray that you would give us favor in the eyes of our children, that um, I thank you that you have given us powerful voices and that our love and our support and our encouragement and our wisdom do matter to these kids. Um, even if it doesn't look like it, God, I thank you that uh, you have given us that voice into their lives. And I pray that you would guard them and guide them, uh, provide for them, fill them with peace. And I pray that you would give us wisdom that passes anything we've earned and how to parent these kids that we've never parented through this age before. That you would uh, teach us when to speak and when to stay silent, what questions to ask, what scripture to suggest, what prayer to pray over them. That we may be their uh, cheerleaders, their coaches as they find a life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so, uh, here we go. Some comments and questions. Uh, one, how do I support parents who are on this journey with their child who is autistic? Um, we have some great uh, people who are way smarter than me uh, in terms of this, and Anna will give you some links to some people uh, who have talked about how we help our kids who uh, have autism to connect with God through these things. Um, some of it, I think, particularly if you're serving parents who have children who are autistic, autistic is that um, they, most parents know their children better than anybody else. And so it's really enabling them to see the God bit of this experience because they will have, will have experience of helping their kids face change. 
Um, and so some of it is just helping those parents know how to add and to be and to invite God into that mix in a way that they know their kid's brain works. Uh, and so we have some, some links that will really give some specifics on where to get them support and some su suggestions depending on what their expression of the spectrum looks like. Uh, so we'll give you that. Uh, another question. During lockdown, my son's friends have been online a lot while my son has been playing Lego with his younger brother and sister, bike rides, etc. Isn't that wonderful? That has been something that has been so powerful in lockdown is enabling some teenagers uh, and tweenagers to, to embrace the, the play. Again, it's been lovely. Uh, he feels like he is less mature now, whilst I am thrilled he has built friendships with his siblings. Yeah, um, played down and not had to worry about all of the teenage pressures. But he is now frustrated and angry and tearful that his friends cannot share in his experience and that they have been allowed to sit on computer games. Help! <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really interesting that um, that he's frustrated, angry, and tearful that his friends can't share in his experience. I think that's a great reflective tool. I think there is something about play and that as adults, we love playing. I really enjoyed lockdown. I played so many games and Legos and imaginary games. and It has been a, a real valuing of play. And I think, I think your son has an insight now into the difference of, of experience. And I think you can actually process that together to say, you know, the strengths that you have had of play are actually really significant for your brain. They're significant for your relationships. They're significant for your creativity. And, and how do you think your experience would have been different if you were just allowed to be numb or to let you get sucked into the game? And how is your life different from their life? And which one do you think was better for you, for us as a family, that the positive, it makes me sad that they didn't get that amazing experience that you got. And to sort of process that together, because I think sometimes it looks about permission rather than looking at fruit. And at 14, um, your kid will be able to, did I, did I make up 14? I think I just made up 14. I made up 14. Um, at however old your kid is, um, they will be able to, at, the, at this age group, to be able to reflect on that experience. And and that may make him feel lonely, that actually you know, he is stronger in his play muscles than his friends. And he may want them to have that experience, or they may not want to, and that can make you feel lonely. And I get that. And a lot of people around the world face that. Do they give up the playful part of them so that they can play in a way that other people do? How do we keep this playful bit alive? And how can we coax your other friends into playing? And you can have all of those conversations of the benefits of it and the fruit of that and how much you value that and the siblings have valued that and um, his reflection on what kind of friendships he wants and how to draw his friends into play, how to, how to keep being him because that is so significant uh, that, um, that he feels confident in his experience of lockdown. Uh, yeah, and so I, I would help him see the value of it and the fruit of it, because this isn't just for now. He'll be 18, he's gonna go to uni. If he goes to uni or to, to college to learn a trade or to step out into friendships, and there will always be this question of how do I want to play? How do I want to enjoy and be? And how does it 
bear the fruit in my life. And to have that conversation now would be a really interesting conversation. It doesn't mean he won't feel alone. That doesn't mean he won't feel that jarring in his friendship. That doesn't mean he won't feel the injustice of I was forced to play and enjoy my family rather than get to play video games. But you can process all of those emotions with him because those are not just about this. It's going to be about life and uh, and what fruit and who you want to be and who we want to be as a family and what values I have for you and uh, and what you saw and what you value. And if you were a parent, what you would have chosen uh, is so interesting to have those adult conversations, uh, those conversations that say, you're you're a smart kid who has had a really interesting experience and I'd love to hear your insights into it. What do you think? And to allow him to express that, I think would be a really interesting journey. I don't think it's an answer, but I think I think it could be a really interesting conversation as he tries to figure out that walking forward. Um, yes. Not sure if that answered your question, but I'm excited for you. I think that's going to be a great part of his growing up to have this experience and these conversations. Uh, right. I don't see any other comments or questions. Uh, please continue to, to speak and to encourage each other and to pray for each other. But uh, you're doing a great job and this is going to be a good year. And no matter what comes, whether it's going to be you know, the nightmare version of more lockdowns or your kids are going to fly with this. You are their parents and you're going to see them through it and you're going to walk with them in it and God's going to whisper to you and God will help guide you as you guide your kids and God will be walking alongside those kids every step of the way. And the more that you can help them see the God who is beside them, uh, the more they're set up for a lifetime. So you can do this, parents. I believe in you and I will talk to you next month. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.